Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima Laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic-grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at-home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin, and now... This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Food Heals Podcast, episode 136. Actually, one of my favorite signs at the Women's March was, Bernie is the only man that can grab my pussy. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and stress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. I bet it's brand new information to people that President Obama had a six-month ban on the Iraqi refugee program after two Iraqis came here to this country, were radicalized, and they were the master, masterminds behind the Bowling Green massacre. Well, most the- people don't know that because it didn't get covered. Susie, your reaction, please. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm so Allison good. Melody. Welcome to Why the Food Heels Podcast. Why did they put Susie? Uh, I'm Susie Hardy. Hi. <laughs> Roxy. Hey, what's going on, y'all? I love how there's a fact check and, on the like, screen dialogue right after it. That's great. <laughs> All right. So this is the Food Heels Podcast. And today we are giggling because first we had someone cancel on us. Then we started watching hilarious videos on YouTube on SNL. And we decided to start recording our feelings about the concurrent political climate. It is an interesting climate, isn't it? Susie, can you please tell us about the Bowling Green Massacre? When did this occur? It didn't! It never occurred! <laughs> I don't understand. Kellyanne Conway just told us yeah, that it's... there were Iraqis that were responsible for it. And I, a... Now I'm scared. I'm terrified. You should be. Go get a Muslims gun. Muslims are scary. <laughs> what do I do? It kicks them out of the country. Are no. they going to massacre me on yes. my Bowling Green? Every day. If you I have a Bowling Green, good luck. No. Okay, we're being sarcastic, Food Heals Nation, but truthfully, I think that we are a little scared for real, not of Muslims. We are scared of our current administration who is making up things that didn't happen. All the time. But that's... (laughs) So, okay. So, Food Heals listeners, I'm going to come clean. You know, I was never political growing up. I went to UC Berkeley in the 90s when Clinton was in office. Not once did we ever have any kind of protest that you're seeing now. Um, But I'm actually very proud to see that my alma mater is that people are speaking up for what they believe in. And, you know, not that I'm uh, in support of violence, but they are people are angry. People are scared. People are upset. And the fact that this woman, Kellyanne Conway, who is pretty much responsible for, I think, Trump getting in. She was on television and radio all the time supporting him and excusing his behavior And I didn't even know who any of the other people that were running for office. I didn't know who Hillary's campaign manager was, but I did know Kellyanne Conway. But to come out and make something up, to say that there was a massacre in Bowling Green, Missouri, which never happened. And this is not, if if this was a one-off, okay, like you can slip up. But this administration, the people behind him and Trump himself make stuff up all the time. And I think that is because Trump does not read. He does not listen to other people and he does not put any validation into, I'm using air quotes here, (laughs) facts, okay? So the reason that this is so upsetting is because to have an actual democracy, you need a free press because who who are you going to believe? So Fox News, before it existed, okay, let's say when, when I was young in the late 70s, when I was a baby, before we had newstainment, before we had Fox News. There was fact-checking, and people put faith and creditation into newspapers and journalists and television news because if they got caught lying, if they got caught saying something that wasn't true, they got their asses handed to them. Right. Yeah, that, that, does, that doesn't happen anymore. I know. You can say whatever the fuck you want, and you can quote-unquote call it alternative facts, as Kellyanne Conway has now coined. This is for you. Oh, I saw this one. (laughs) So if you haven't seen this, Food Heals Nation, go find the SNL clip of Kellyanne Conway doing Chicago. Just some dumb blueberry farm I'm gonna bake 
It's a movie called Chicago. The girl saves Roxy. Love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everything about that. That was that was awesome, though. I really enjoyed that. No, her portrayal of Kellyanne Conway is uh, pretty priceless. There was another one I saw the other day that was pretty good too. It just that just doesn't ever end. I think that the only people liberals in America that are happy about this current administration are the writers on SNL and the performers because oh, yeah. they don't have to do Absolutely. anything. All they the comedians. John Oliver is like yes. Just, keep it coming. Keep it Sean coming. Sean Oliver just got signed on to four more years, baby. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so, yeah. My, uh, yeah. I'm going to have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what can we do? How can we collectively act? Well, before we get to that, okay. I want to put a positive spin. All right. Um, She's the spin doctor. Can you outspin the spin doctor? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Can you top the bowling master? You know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I studied improv, babe. I can, oh, shit. <laughs> if, if facts don't matter, sure. We got a I battle. Mean, we got a freestyle battle here. Well, think about how scary that is because now it really is happening now where everywhere you look. I mean, first of all, let's just point this out. Donald Trump actually said the National Enquirer is a good news source. Hold on. I'm going to let that land. <laughs> he said the nat- the one that publishes things like Bat Boy and Drink Your Own Urine and like <laughs> Woman Gives Birth to Jellyfish Baby. That one. That's a good news source. And so CNN is fake news. Totally. Totally <laughs> fake news. Who the hell are they? Where the, Never where are heard they of them. Never so this them. is really frightening because if you have Breitbart News and Infowars.com and any anybody online or Twitter – Right, creating these quote unquote news stories. Twitter is having a comeback. <laughs> Twitter is part of the Twitter problem. Twitter is all facts. What are you saying? <laughs> all facts. Twitter is part of the problem. Uh, I remember hearing things like people people will put things on there, and other people that want to believe that's true, that want to hate others, that want to hate Muslims, or they want to hate women, or they want to hate anything other than themselves, buy into it and then reiterate it. It's a big problem. It's a problem for our democracy. How do we? trust that what we are hearing is true. You know, and then uh, it wasn't Conway, but it was someone from Trump's administration that said, you should only get your news from Trump. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not making that up. I know you're not. I forget who it was. It was a tall guy with white hair. (gasps) But he came out and was like... The best information I've heard all Yeah, don't even bother. (laughs) Was it Spicer? (laughs) No, it wasn't Spicer. Um, But... uh, you know, yeah, why bother I with news- newspapers? Just that is a problem. That's called a dictator. Yeah. The good news is, is that whatever side you're on, people are getting very active politically. They are standing up. They are making use of their rights to protest, to speak out, to bombard their senators and their Congress people to uh, stand up for what they believe in. And Susie, you went to the Women's March. I sure did. In L.A.? How was it? I sure it? did. It was phenomenal. You know, I've like I said, never done anything like that. Never really felt like I needed to. Didn't even really want to. But I believe that, I believe in the Constitution. Crazy. But I believe in the <laughs> Constitution. I don't know about all that. I but. know. I know. It's That's silly. asking a lot of I us know. here. I believe in the Bill of Rights. <laughs> and um, I saw Hamilton's stuff. Oh, yeah. so you know. Oh, you know what you're talking about. Fancy. Um, no, it's, it, I, think, I think Americans have taken it for granted for what we have. I mean, there's a lot of shitty political systems around the world. And that's why people want to come here, because they believe that we're still carrying out freedom and democracy and that we welcome people. And, and that, that's the scary part is that it's being ripped away from us and we have to fight for it. 
that is the exciting part that people are actually taking part and they're actually educating themselves. Whereas before they're just kind of complacent, like, eh, whatever, because let's face it, like it is now a part-time job for people like me where we're like, wait, 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 what, what's going on? Like, what are you trying to do? You're trying to sell off our national parks. I mean, I know a lot of parents of my friends who actually voted for Trump from all across the country who don't actually know what he is, has done in the past few weeks. They don't know that he's trying to privatize and sell off the national park lands. And those that do are now having hashtag Trump regrets. Have you seen that? I have. Oh, it's amazing. No, I haven't. <laughs> it's so funny. So there was the people that said, I don't have Obamacare. I have ACA, the Affordable Care Act. Oh, my gosh. The Affordable I saw Care that. Act and Obamacare <laughs> are the exact same thing. Obamacare is just, you know, something. Which is what the Republicans right. call it. And Obamacare slash the ACA is a Republican right. plan that Mitt Romney crafted for Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Mic drop. And people Mic saying drop. they have ACA are saying, Obamacare is so dumb. Wait, I'm, I'm confused. So people right. saying the ACA, they're, they're Republicans are saying I don't, or so, who, who's so, saying this? Okay, the, I'm prefacing the story with this. There were a lot of people who did not make the connection that their affordable care that was provided to them by the Affordable Care Act was not the same as Obamacare. And so they're like, go Trump, repeal Obamacare. They're getting in fights on Twitter and Facebook and saying, well, I don't have Obamacare. I have the ACA. And other people are like, oh, dude, that's the same thing that you didn't know. Okay, so that's happening. So what else is happening are the Trump regrets where people are saying, hey, at the real Donald Trump, like, you're not seriously going to take away my health care, right? Like, I voted for you. He sure is. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's going to be the best health. We're going to totally replace Obamacare with something else. It's going to be phenomenal. I have a plan. I can't tell you what it is yet. Huge. That was pretty good. It's going to be huge. I'm an actress. <laughs> huge. Amazing. Susie Hardy, everyone. It's going to be the best plan ever. Well, I, I, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. No, I'm imitating actually Alec Baldwin because I think he does a phenomenal job. No, he really um, does. It, 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 oh, I need another drink. <laughs> Don't worry, Food Heals Nation. I'm giving Susie some organic wine to calm her nerves. Yeah. So if you're at home listening to this or if you're having trouble <laughs> dealing with this too, we give you permission to have that glass of wine. Unless you are on a cleanse or are an alcoholic, then please refrain. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Then go have some water with some lemon because it's alkalizing. Food heals. Okay, back to politics. So <laughs> there's a food heal spot real quick. <laughs> Sneak that in for the next three hours of Have Susie's some rant. Kale with your wine. Yay. Oh, kale God. water. I'm yeah, surprised but- Whole Foods doesn't have kale water yet. Oh, oh, they did They have, do? No, they had, what was it? It was like asparagus cucumber, water. lemon water, and asparagus water for like $10. It was aspar- <laughs> an asparagus beer. I saw it in a bottle. Yeah. Standing up. $10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Food heals, but Whole Foods isn't always perfect. We got to keep them in check. That's part of our job. Whole That's Foods, right. if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Endorsement deal. <laughs> no, we love Whole Foods. <laughs> Yeah, but check out if you're bored and you want to laugh. Hashtag Trump regrets. It's pretty funny. That's great. Yeah. What it, it, it is. I feel like <laughs> we, the American people have been punked, you know. Imagine what a different world it would be. If Don't Bernie tease w- me. Don't tease me. Right. I mean, what if we didn't have student loan debt? There are so many things. I okay, won't, so I won't have Bernie regrets. I won't have Bernie. No, there's no Bernie regrets. I actually, one of my favorite signs at the Women's March was 
Bernie is the only man that can grab my pussy. <laughs> God, I'm just reporting what I saw. Oh my God. Yeah, it was it was pretty remarkable. Um, it was pretty exciting to be a part of, and knowing that everybody was like, "This cannot end." And being in a room of females right now, we are so much stronger when we unite. That um, we need to do well. It's going to continue. We need to do it more often. We are more. You know, we've always had to juggle so much, whether it be you have a family and children, uh, and career, or just career, or you know. Um, women are standing up and speaking out. And that is very exciting because we're actually more of the population than the men are. And they've pretty much fucked it up. (laughs) (laughs) I think they have. Sorry, they have. Did you wear a pink pussy hat? I did. It wasn't with the ears because mm-hmm. I didn't have time to get one. They were all sold out and I didn't have time to knit one. Cause I'm glad they were sold out. Yeah, they were totally sold out. And you, I, oh, I'm sorry. You didn't have time to knit one. <laughs> I did it. But I do knit. It's phenomenal. It's very meditative, actually. Yeah, I can see um, that. But I did. I actually had a pink one, like a knit that color. What is this this uh, pussy hat? Can oh, you Roxy, explain it to me here. What is? I have not. She's gonna. Is it the she's angry show you. uterus? I'm, I'm like googling well, the there photos are right ones, now. There are ones that look like uh, they look like little kitten ears. There you go. Oh, that's cute. That's so. Cute. Food okay. Heels Nation can't see what I just googled, but it is the pink knit hat with the. It kind of looks like cat ears. Kind of like like a like a square little knit hat, kind of cat esque. But there are ones that are supposed to look like female Anatomy. genitalia. Yeah, but you know. One of the things that has really um, shifted in my mind is my perspective of the people who voted for Trump, because I was one of the people that assumed that it was uninformed Americans, and that has so not been the case. We are seeing that there was a lot of wealthy white women. We're saying that there's a lot of underserved communities who are completely voting against their best interest, but don't see it that way at all. Well, there were also a lot of convoluting factors that if they hadn't happened, who knows where we would be. Okay, so Russia hacking, that happened. Comey, James Comey of the uh, FBI coming out and saying that there was a case against Hillary when there was not. Um, Hillary herself was not the greatest candidate. And as we just said, like she was not my first choice. I think if Bernie went up against Trump, he would have wiped the freaking floor with him. I agree. Because Bernie had a genuine revolution behind him. He had people that actually believed in what he was doing. And he was trying to unite the middle and the lower classes of this country and trying to get an equitable playing field against the millionaire and billionaire classes. Yeah. You know, our middle class is gone. It's frightening. People can, I mean, it, it, they, they do. They do exactly vote against their own interests. And you're right. And I have met people. I have met these people in West Hollywood mm-hmm. where I actually got into, I don't want to say an altercation, but a heated debate. I mean, they actually hated Hillary more than they loved Trump. And that was really yeah. interesting. I yeah. mean, I believe that there was some misogyny going on there. People also disliked her as a candidate. So there were many, many factors. But I, I was also very surprised. I mean, I actually, just one more sip. (laughs) I got to bring a whole new bottle in. I'll be right back. (laughs) Just bring a straw. Just put it in front of me with a straw. Um, But I know a lot of parents of friends that voted for him. And some of them were just like, I just want something new. And I'm like, you want a shit show? Yeah. You want to burn down the government? Like you want it to come to a standstill? Like that's what you wanted? That's what you got. Um, let me read you a quote from, um, well, there's a couple of quotes from this really great article about the Central Valley in California. We we work with a lot of people in the Central Valley um, at the California Endowment where 
I'm a contractor, and this article really opened my eyes. So here are a couple of quotes. They're saying all of those who supported him, as in Trump, are stupid white men. Do they understand the lives of underprivileged people? They're living in these $10 million penthouses in New York. Come live down with the people here that are struggling and lucky if they can pay for a house that is $100,000. Knock yourself off your pedestal and bring yourself down here. You're going to think people here live in poverty, but people down here make the best of what they have. Just because you don't have the buku dollars that they have over there does not make you an ignorant person, does not make you incapable of making rational decisions. Okay, we have to break these up because I cannot not respond. How do they think a billionaire who has hand-fed everything, who has never worked a day in his life, who has bankrupted like at least six of his companies, who does not have these any kind of religious values that they may appreciate, how do they think he knows what it's like to A, have to have a job, B, know how to give the jobs when he's shipped them out of the country, and C, really cares for them? I mean, like he really did punk America. He had great rhetoric, jobs, jobs, jobs. And yes, the, the American people spoke up. People are hurting. He, he ain't bringing them back. Susie, I could not agree more. I just find it, to me, fascinating that there are people that feel this way. And these are the people that people like us need to reach in some way. People don't understand the things that you're saying. They are locked in their ideals and perspectives, and probably for a good reason, Right. There's a reason they feel that way. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, there's all, and there's also other mitigating factors that where people will go, like, if you are making, I don't know, under a quarter million dollars a year, or I would even say less, if you're making under $80,000 a year and you're voting Republican, you're voting against your own interests. They talk a good game. And obviously the Democrats have not done a good enough job in terms of Speaking to that, even though under Obama, he inherited kind of a shit show yeah. in, uh, in many respects and got the unemployment rate down to what I think it was around 4.8% by the time he left. And tr again, false facts. Trump said it was around 42%. <laughs> so <laughs> if, you, if you believe that, if you believe half the country is out of work now, maybe these people where they come from, maybe that is true or I just, that's one out of every two people basically. But I, I, it makes, I just shake my head. I'm just like, wow. I mean, I understand, I understand how he did it. I, do, I just don't understand how we, like, I, I, it, it worked. It worked. So girls, if you didn't like that one, you're going to hate the next one. But I'm just bringing it up. Glug, 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 glug. Yeah, Susie, <laughs> keep on drinking. I got another bottle in the fridge for you. But I just bring it up because now we have to be aware of how people are thinking because you cannot change people's minds or perspectives if you can't meet them where they are. But right? if they, okay, but so what's the, what's the solution though? Because if unemployment's at 4.8%, which is historically low, which is a lot lower than what Obama inherited from Bush, but it was a lot higher under Bush. Um, if people don't listen to actual truth, that's actual numbers. Those are statistics. Like well, they may be being fed these alternative facts and their news feed on Facebook or wherever they're getting their news is skewed to the things that they've liked, whether it's Paul Ryan or, yeah. you know, all these alternative yeah. websites and things like that. So and this we is where have the whole, to reach them. And this is, do we though? Like, how can you fight lies? I mean, it, it, people are fed that. Okay, so We that, tell the truth, just like we're doing right now. They don't believe it. They'll listen to Fox News. They'll listen to... 
Breitbart, they'll listen to Infowars, they'll listen well, to their Facebook. Ac- let's accept that we can't change everyone's mind right no. now. As Even as Food Heals podcast, we can't change everyone's mind. In politics, we can't change everyone's mind. But what can we do to just shift the story, meet them where they are, and have a conversation to elevate their knowledge and our awareness of their strife? It's got to be on a grassroots level, just like the Tea Party sure. did when yeah. Obama got voted in. Yeah. Um, it's got to be on a one-to-one. It's got to be with your neighbors, your friends, your parents of your friends, like for me. Again, there's so many different factors to why you got in. But I think one of the biggest ones is this false news is buying into what you want to believe. And the whole, we don't have jobs. We're not making enough money. The government's taxing the crap out of us. And those immigrants are stealing our jobs, which is not true. Right. Computers are stealing your jobs. Yeah. Um, not the immigrants. You, you, you. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> the nervous switch. I mean, let's just let's just say there was a day without immigrants, and I want to see all of you picking strawberries. Okay, like come on. Oh, Morgan Spurlock did a great so series. I think it was on FX. So he was the one behind um, Super Size Me, the documentary where he ate nothing but McDonald's for thirty days right. and, and monitored what happened to his body. He then went on to do a series where he would um, be in the life of different jobs and different people for a week and he went and picked oranges Mm -hmm. um for a week in i think in florida for the wages of what the people that actually do that job yeah Yeah. and they get paid per how much they get they pick yes and he was in shape by this time he went back to being vegan he wasn't eating no he wasn't eating mcdonald's (laughs) quarter pounders every day that's right he has a wife who was vegetarian or vegan and cooking for him and he was pretty fit for his age and and it was very, very hard work, and he did very poorly. I think he earned like $15 a day and mm-hmm. uh, maybe less, maybe 12 for an mm-hmm. eight-hour shift. And he's like, you know, I guarantee you no, no middle-class American wants this job. Right. They're not taking our jobs. They're yeah. getting underpaid, and this they is why our under- part is so cheap. They are underpaid, and it is their own personal American dream to even – be doing that yeah because that's even better than where they came from and did you know Susie? the irony of this is that then they have to go to mcdonald's for their food they can't even eat or touch the fresh fruits and vegetables that they are harvesting for our u.s supermarkets it is not legal yeah wow and so there's all these organizations that are sprouting up now even in california like there's one called hidden harvest which go and they collect all of the produce that hasn't been picked that just may have fell and like it had a little brown spot or something it's like picked and then they give it back to the community because as a farm worker a farm worker is not allowed to pick a strawberry off and take it home so they're paid nothing for back-breaking work they can't eat the healthy food hopefully mostly healthy that they are cultivating on the farm and they're just trying to live they're American Right, and these people are stealing and, and our jobs. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, that makes me so mad. But and here's anyways. another thing. I mean, production in the United States is gone. We've we've outsourced it. We've sent it to cheaper companies. I, As a business owner, I understand trying to get the lowest cost, whatever that may be. Um, and that is up to our government to protect that. But it's got to be a balance, right? So obviously, we haven't achieved that balance. The Democrats didn't achieve that balance. But at the same time... Then it comes into deregulation. So so here's another fact, right? So Trump wants to deregulate, deregulate. So what does that mean? So that does not mean you're going to bring back jobs. He bribed basically carrier refrigeration and air conditioning. You guys, did you guys uh, remember that? That was before he was in office. Okay, so one of these like um, 
photo ops that he did. He wasn't even in yet. And Carrier uh, Cooler and Refrigeration was going to send jobs to Mexico. I think 8,000 of them. They were going to close a plant in Ohio and send it to Mexico. And he bribed them. He said, you keep some jobs here. And, we're, and the Mike Pence, he wasn't in office yet, so, but Mike Pence was still governor. Oh, I'm sorry. It was in Indiana because that's where Pence was governor. So they did some sort of deal with the Indiana government, the state government, and they kept, I think, 1,000 jobs. They still sent 7,000 away, and Indiana promised them some kind of money compensation to keep jobs there because they had to, because it's still too expensive to employ American workers for the competition because you're competing in a global system. So it's very convoluted. But again, like, it's just, it's all this kind of smoke and mirrors. What is the answer? There is no straight, hard, fast answer. But I do know that Trump is full of shit. He's not going to bring back jobs the way he says. I'm going to have another drink. Have a drink. I couldn't agree more. I want to read you guys another quote from this article because I know that both of you will have a lot to say about this. And I know that any woman who has been sexually assaulted or discriminated against for being a woman or not unable to shatter the glass ceiling will not be able to stand this. But the reason I'm reading it is because we also need to realize that there are a lot of people who don't get that, a lot of women who don't get that. So this is from the same article from The Guardian. And this is from the Central Valley of California. I'm a white woman, and I know they're big on saying women are not for Trump and that he degrades women and talks bad about them. Seriously, every man on this planet at some point has said something vulgar or inappropriate about a woman. And if they say they haven't, they're liars. Honestly, what he says to his buddies doesn't affect me in the least. I could care less what he did personally. This has nothing to do with me. That doesn't affect me. What I care about is what he's going to do professionally. I know everyone is shocked right now because I can see your faces. You're very angry. (laughs) But I'm reading it because I want everyone to hear someone's perspective that doesn't think the way that we think. And it makes me mad. She says, every man has said this at some point. My husband hasn't. He would never degrade a woman in a million years. And that is why I'm married to him. He's a good man. He's a good man. I vouch for him. He is a good man. And I'm just saying, like, as, as a woman, she thinks that all men are that way. And that's her perspective. Do you understand? My perspective is that all men aren't that way. That's my worldview. Her worldview is all men are pussy grabbers. I Therefore, don't even, it doesn't I don't even matter. think that's the issue. I think that she is, I dare, dare I use this phrase, but whitewashing it. She's believing, like she wants to kind of, ex- this is almost like some woman who has been abused excusing their abuser's behavior. He didn't mm-hmm. mean it. Right. He, he was upset from work. He didn't mean to hit me. He didn't mean to call me names. He, he's really a good person. No. As Maya Angelou said, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Yeah. Trump was over 50 years old when he said this to Billy Bush, whoops, on a hot mic. It wasn't his buddy. He was at work, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Like he was on a, yep. a show. They were on, they were um, at work. Yeah. And he happened to still be mic'd, but it wasn't locker room talk. No, they yes. weren't in a locker room. Yes. Not that men, that would make it okay, but stop saying that. You know that what? I don't really care. Me- yeah, men talk about women. This actually comes down, I think, another issue where it's like we're all afraid of sexuality, but this is not about sex. Trump is a predator. Trump is a manipulator. He's a user. He abused his first wife. Um, he was married to Ivana Trump. I remember hearing about them all the time because my mom is 
of Eastern European descent, and she was so impressed. My mom used to love Donald Trump when I was a kid because he was a successful businessman, and he married a woman from where she was from, and she was a skier, and they had a lovely family, and then he cheated on her and divorced her, and then my mom hated Donald Trump. So I remember hearing about Donald Trump from a very young age, and I think that this person who made this comment wanted to excuse away bad behavior because she believed in the other message, which is fascinating to me because he has such a shitty character, <laughs> you know, and, but she, but she didn't want to, but she didn't want to believe that. She just, she kind of excused it away. I mean, I was watching a show on HBO last night. It was called The Circus. I don't know if you guys saw this at all, uh-uh. but it was really interesting. It was a Republican, it's actually, it followed the presidential nominations and election from a Republican and a Democratic correspondent and they sort of would go back and forth between them. And they follow. It started a long time ago, even before the, the primaries. I finally saw the final episode. People were floored. I mean, they, re, they replayed the Billy Bush stuff. They replayed, like, all of the, the end of the debates. Even the Republican correspondent, who served in the Bush White House for eight years, mm-hmm. was like, oh, it's done. I don't see how he could come back from this. But he did. Yeah, so, like, I mean, I felt People that way. didn't want to believe those things or they wanted to excuse them or they wanted to be like that's he didn't mean that and I've heard that a lot like he's not gonna really do it no he says that he doesn't mean it how many executive orders has he signed who the hell says that about someone who's going to be president I mean they've excused so much of his behavior in order to I think gain an illusion of control. They're back in. They've kicked out the the establishment. They, he's going to drain the swamp. No, he didn't. He put in a whole bunch of millionaires and billionaires that have nothing that don't know anything about foreign service or serving your country. And they, you know they think that they shook it up. They think that they changed it up. They think it's going to change their circumstances. And unfortunately, I it's not. <laughs> I don't see it changing in any way for the better. So as of February 3rd, there were 15 executive orders signed. And as we know, like Susie was saying, a lot of those were things that a lot of people said, oh, he's not actually going to do that. And he's. I think a lot of them aren't even legal. I mean, they're they're now being challenged because he doesn't respect he doesn't respect the Constitution. He doesn't respect the office to which he was elected. He thinks that he can do whatever he wants. Like he doesn't he's not even educated. I cannot respect this person beyond his lack of character beyond the fact that he's been a the only reason he's been a successful businessman is because handed so much money he i mean it's been stated that if he had just left his money alone he would be richer now than if he had been doing investments and casinos and things like that but i mean i could go on and on he's got foreign ties in so many businesses he has not divested his interests in his business it just continue i get baffled i'm baffled and i have to not be baffled on the mic I'm sorry. You're allowed to be baffled on the mic. I just, you know, like I said, like, uh, I have to, I have to speak out about it. I have to, because I want children and I want, (laughs) (laughs) and I want children to be born into a world where America is a good place. You know, I was born in the late seventies. I lived through the eighties and the nineties where it was a happy time. And no, it was, you know, America's never been perfect, but like it was a happy time in America. And this is freaking scary. I truly believe that he could lead us to war very easily with a freaking tweet. So in my culture, the woman What's in the your family, culture? Uh, I'm Filipino, so... The Filipino. Filipino. I'm Benai. And so... <laughs> <laughs> um, my parents were immigrants, so we're first generation uh, here, and I grew up in Chicago. But 
the woman in Filipino culture is kind of like the backbone and and kind of wears the pants in any relationship, almost as if the men trust the woman to lead the family. But it's still a Catholic culture. Yes. So men are respected, right, as the masculine yeah. side of the family. I mean, right. there's still like a, a very like in in most I'm Catholic as well, so most Catholic families and cultures the, ma- the masculine is still like oh that's Absolutely. your brother that's your father you get you know yes it's very roman catholic culture for filipinos and i've never heard my father speak to my mother that way and the and way do you think that your father spoke to his locker room bunnies in that way no not at all not at all she said that men speak to men like that not all men do that and also people have to be very cautious about how they speak it's like a disease. Whatever you say plants a seed into another person and allows them to be able to speak that way or even think that way. And it provides this culture of just men belittling women. That's not good. That's not cool. So that's just, that's crazy for me to hear that guys are allowed. No, they're not allowed to speak that way. I'm sorry. They're just well, not, not allowed guys to speak running that for way. president or public office. That's, and that's the point is that people that care about civil service or that want to serve their country or their state or their local government or their school board or whatever it is, usually have a bit more integrity about how they present themselves. And because he comes from money, never had to to work a day in his life, let's think about that for a second. If you don't have to be accountable for your actions, if daddy can always make it better, if you have a penthouse in, in New York City and it doesn't matter what you say, that's the real issue. I mean, I've not, I come from New York. I've met plenty of like, you know, East Coast goombas. That talk, hey, they kind of, they're like apes. They beat their chest. They're very masculine. They would still never speak to a woman that way because they would get freaking decked. Right. But if you have a ton of money and you don't care, I mean, let's face it. He was just trying to like get street cred with Billy Bush. Do we really think that that Trump has ever gotten a lady except for the fact that he's got a lot of money? No. It's pretty repulsive. He's got no swagger. He's got no charm. Oh, God, no. <laughs> what? He's like an orange Cheeto. He's a Cheeto with a comb over. Ugh. And personally, I feel like the American dream is just so much harder to achieve with him in office. There's like, a, yes. not. I feel like for myself, so coming out of college, the recession hit. My generation, we racked up a ton of loans. Mm-hmm. We got dumped out in a recession. And on top of it, I just moved out to L.A., trying to be somebody in the music industry. So the odds were absolutely against me. And that's my story, but there's other people that had a lot of general degrees, accounting, you know, medicine, mm-hmm. no jobs to be found. My generation has been postponing the rest of their lives, getting houses, having kids because they can't financially afford it. And during Obama's administration, for me, I felt like it was a period of recovery. At the end of his administration, I was like, we are at a better place than what I had left in college. And for me, since I'm freelance and I have a few businesses, I work easily 12 to 14 hours willingly, not saying that I'm straining myself, but I know I want to achieve to a point where I'm so financially stable. And so, you know, just I'm living the dream. I have a house, I have my family, we don't have to worry about anything. But with Trump's administration, I feel like what else do I have to do? Because <laughs> I am tired. Like I am, you know, it's it's not, and it's hard for me to explain this to my parents who, 
you know, they came to the States in the 70s and they did the American dream and so much respect for them. My dad, you know, first started off working in a mattress company. I just found this out like a few months ago and he's like, oh, I had to put the springs on the mattress and that was it in the factory. And I was like, that's awesome. And my mom, who I just found this out too a few few months ago, the ball's on her. She used to sell jewelry from a briefcase and go to Southside Chicago with my five-year-old brother and make money that way before she got into nursing and everything like that. So these were very, you know, I mean, my mom's job in Southside Chicago, that's very dangerous. My dad, monotonous job, but did it. I live very comfortably. I never thought that we were struggling, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's amazing. For me, I feel like I, I grew up comfortably, but somehow I screwed it up because it's like, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. It's like, I, I wish that I could almost see a finish line here. Like I, I felt that in the Obama administration where it's like, okay, if I keep chugging along like this, I will get something out of this. With this Trump administration, I feel like, what else do I need to do? I feel like there's even more odds against me. What is the American dream now? What is that? And what I'm most fearful for is not only our American dreams as citizens of this country, but the American dreams of children that were brought here and they are undocumented and it's no fault of their own. Their parents brought them here. Now, many people got DACA. Undocumented immigrants got DACA. DACA was an executive order signed by Obama, Obama, Mm -hmm. which basically is called Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. And it was started in, I think, 2012 that allows certain undocumented immigrants to the United States who entered the country as minors to receive a period of eligibility to work. So these kids have dreams. They are smart. They are intelligent. Wait, 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 wait. They're kids. They're kids. They're freaking kids that have come from horrible circumstances. Their parents ship them sometimes, you know, on trains without them. They just would send them either from Central, South uh, America or Mexico. Just... Just go, just go. Yeah. You what? What you're going to encounter is better than than staying here, which yeah. is murder and drugs and mm-hmm. and gangs you know, and, and yeah, is horrible. And they're kids. I mean, can you imagine having to go through that? Now, I I don't know what the answer is because I don't think America can take in everybody. Right? We have limited resources, but we got a mess. And for kids that are already here. I don't believe in a wall and believing I do believe in securing our borders, but I don't believe in this wall thing that Trump wants to do. I don't know what the answer is, but to punish children that our other, you know, our previous president said, no, you're fine. You're here. We're going to fit. We're going to figure this out. And the children are not stealing our jobs. All they're doing is (sighs) contributing to their economy. Their parents pay taxes. What most people don't know that this is a terrible stereotype is that undocumented immigrants are still required to pay taxes and they have a tax ID number. So everyone that thinks that they're not, please be aware that it is required by law and they do pay taxes. And, um, you know, a story from this article is of a DACA recipient. And this is again from the guardian. And he says, we had a really nice house and fields of tomatoes, but it was so unsafe. This is before he came to the U S my parents said, this is not worth it. He's had cousins that have died and been shot. So Galvin's father paid a people smuggler to bring them to the U S I had only the clothes I was wearing and a pair of clothes for school. That was rock bottom for my parents. My dad found a job in dairy. All the money went to rent and food. We didn't have a sofa. We didn't have beds. Luckily, the school helped us out. 
Some of the teachers got together and brought us old couches and stuff. It was hard, and I never want to go back to that. But if DACA is not renewed, not only will he not be able to have his American dream, he will have to go back to the circumstances that killed his cousins to a country that he only knew as a child. Mm -hmm. How on earth can we call ourselves good citizens that have ethical practices the constitution aside what does the statue of liberty say give me your tired your poor your huddled masses the people who are yearning to breathe free you know it goes on and on about homeless and this is who we are when did we become the nation of walls and closed doors? We have always been that way. Okay, so none of us, not any one of us sitting at this table right now does not come from an immigrant background. The right, only people, unless we are Native American. Exactly, the only people that could say, no, this is our land. And hashtag no TBAPL. Sorry. <laughs> Damn straight. But if you look back historically, so my parents were first, no, I'm first generation actually. My parents were immigrants. My grandparents were immigrants. When they came here, they faced discrimination. They were, they came through Ellis Island. They were on a boat. They came through the Statue of Liberty. They faced discrimination. They had to learn English from scratch. There was no one helping them learn English. It was, my mom said she went to kindergarten and she tried her first language, which was Slovak. And the kids looked at her like she was an alien. So she tried her second language, which was German. And she was five. And they still looked at her and laughed. And she said, well, I'm out of languages. I don't know. I guess I have to learn this one. And she did. Um, so none of us don't come from an immigration background. But this has always been a problem. You look back historically, Irish, Italians, Russians, Swedish. It, there's different historical periods when people came over, Filipino. Um, now it's more Central South America, Mexico, where, you know, they're coming into the United States or Middle Eastern um, there's different hist historical phases of when people came here for a better life. And every time they were met with resistance, every time they were said, go there because we don't want to see you. And they were sent to certain places. So that's why you have pockets and, and people kind of congregate together because they can understand, you know, they would bring family over. And that's why you have pockets of different ethnic groups in different cities across the country. So it's always been like that, even though we have that on our Statue of Liberty. It's always been like that because we always want to blame the immigrants were stealing our jobs. And that's actually not um, a new thing. You're right. And I think that what we can do now, ladies, is, is just think about and talk about how we can be the change that we want to see, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. Because there are people listening to this that are like, yeah, this is awesome. I agree. And people that are probably throwing their phones or <laughs> stopping their cars because they feel like they have something to say, whether positive or negative towards us and towards what we're talking about. So, you know, I just want to say, like, if you go with the words of Dolores Huerta, who, um, if you don't know who she is, follow her. She was an American labor leader and civil rights activist, and she is one of my favorite people. I've interviewed her multiple times. And she says, every moment is an organizing opportunity. Every person is a potential activist. Every minute is a chance to change the world. And think about that. When you're going through your busy day and you're having all these feelings, like Susie and I and Roxy have all these feelings and we read our Facebook feed and we read the news and we want to do something and Susie's marching and all these things, what are we going to do? So I have a couple of resources that have worked for me. Um, the first one is fivecalls.org. I think it's fivecalls.org. Let me look it up. Um, and it will tell you who you can call and what are five calls that you can make to your Congress people about what's going on in your community. So yeah, fivecalls.org. 
So you go in, you type in your zip code, and it will tell you everyone you can call. Five calls. No biggie, right? Everyone can do that, right? If you're feeling this way, why not? Another one that I really like is resistancemanual.org, where action begins with information. So it teaches you how to get organized, take action, and it has all the Trump GOP policy agendas where you can read about them and then it tells you here's what you can do about them. And then my absolute favorite is indivisibleguide.com. So it's got a downloadable PDF in multiple languages. I know they've got Spanish. I think they've got a bunch of different languages so that you can literally decide what you're going to do. It's a practical guide for resisting the Trump agenda. And it was written by congressional aides from the previous administration. Yes. Where they saw the Tea Party organized and wanted to give guides out to people to say, this is what you can do. Yes, Susie. And they literally talk about Tea Party strategies that worked against Obama that we can use against Trump. So mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting, you know, using the others, the opposition against themselves. I have, a, I have another resource. Um, yes. I just started reading a really great book called Nonviolent Communication by Marshall mm. Rosenberg. And um, I had never heard of this book, but I came, I heard about it from the Tim Ferriss podcast and, and sounded phenomenal and just started reading it. But it t- talked about how he uses this. It's a technique about, it's a four-part technique about listening to other people and expressing, and you can use this in interpersonal relationships. You can use this um, for work. You can use this for politics across the board. But really, it comes down to listening to what other people are saying as opposed to judging what they are saying. And this is something that I say I, I have to work on, especially regarding yeah. politics, because I get so angry because I disagree so vehemently. Mm-hmm. But you're right. People are speaking up, and you have to listen to what they're saying. And all they want to do is be heard. That's, and, I can, and I can do that. That's been my biggest lesson. Thank you for bringing that up, Susie, is, is that... It's time to listen. As much as we need to raise our voices, get loud, stay loud, and fight, we also have to listen. Because I was the SNL skit. Let's end on the skit, Roxy, where they were like, oh my God, you guys, I think America's (laughs) racist. Which sounds like I'm a stupid white girl, and I guess I was. Because I was like, there is no way in hell this orange joke is getting in. And I'm not saying that I was like, Hillary is 100% the answer, because I don't think that she related to the people she needed to relate to enough however i still thought there was no chance in hell because he was such a crazy motherfucking joke and so corrupt i mean i remember again in west hollywood having this yeah. discussion slash fight <laughs> <someone> who, <voted laughs> for who said he was a so fight. <laughs> said he was a, yeah so, i mean it was he was a big dude and i was like if i have to freaking hit you i will no oh shit. No. Uh, it was it you know what it was scary actually no it didn't come to that it was scary he was a very big guy he was from pennsylvania he kept telling me he had a gun in his car i'm like you tell me that for a reason or you just tell me you're a gun supporter i don't understand but i do not like that it was it was bad but like so at first i was like on my high haunches and then i stepped back because i'm like this guy's in another orbit but um i digress I also want to say to our female listeners, because I do feel impassioned about how much women are rising up and speaking up for what they believe in, that it's our time to uh, to get active politically. And I know Marianne Williamson has Sister Giant going mm-hmm. to advocate people, women that want to get political, to run for office, to stand up and be a part of it, because uh, percentage-wise, we're not, it's increasing. We've had more women now in Congress, but we need to be 50-50. 
because we're 52% of the population. So, hey. I love that, Susie. And just one more thing to end on. I truly believe that no matter what is going on in the world or politically, we are still in control of our lives. And it is through what we do every day, what we tell ourselves, what we think, what we feel, and how we act. What are we feeding ourselves with? What are we telling ourselves every day? Are we saying, oh my God, I can't succeed because of X? No, do not buy into it. You can succeed. Every single person listening to this can become exactly what they want, whether it is career or losing weight or changing their lifestyle. There is nothing in your way but yourself. Don't let the news be the excuse. Don't let anyone or anything put you in a place. You are in control of your actions, of your thoughts, and of your life. True that. Hashtag Ellie out. (laughs) (laughs) Mic drop. All right. That's it. Thanks for listening, Food Heals Nation. Don't write us mean letters. Go eat kale. And Donald Trump has been elected president of the United States. Yeah, you guys are right. It's a historic night. Don't worry about it. Eight years are going to fly by. Yeah, don't worry. It's going to be all white. (laughs) What about undocumented immigrants? Oh, they're not going nowhere. Come on, man. You act like everybody trying to pick their own strawberries. (laughs) This This is crazy. I mean... Do you even know what it's like to be a woman in this country where you can't get ahead no matter what you do? Oh, jeez, I don't know. Let me put my thinking cap on on that one. I'll get back to <laughs> Now, come on, guys. Get some rest. You got a lot of big day. You got a big day of moping and writing on Facebook tomorrow. God, this is the most shameful thing America has ever done. <laughs> These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately.